0: Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to this special Boxing Day edition of the preview show brought to you by the Known Never podcast. As ever, I'm your host Natalie Bromley and joining me is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show, and that is, of course, Dave Statman-Roberts. Dave, Merry Christmas!
2: Hello, Merry Christmas. We're keeping our fingers crossed for a, a Boxing Day football match.
1: We certainly are. Um, we were laughing before we came on air, and the fact that this very very well may be the second preview show in a row that is absolutely not needed. So, um, I don't know if any of you actually listened to the Villa one, probably not many, because it never happened, but... Um, Yet another game called off with a couple of hours before kickoff, Dave. And this one, the Boxing Day game away, at Everton also. Uh, sorry, at home to Everton also looking in doubt. It's a bit of a messy situation.
2: It is. And well, al- although um, postponements aren't good, you hope that they give fans sufficient notice. I think the fact we've had two mm. games, well, we've had three, haven't we, because we had the Spurs game as well. Yeah. That was obviously for a different reason. That's our fault, to be fair. Um, but the, um, the fact that uh, these games have been called off so late because of presumably late COVID tests coming through, yeah, um, it's not, not very good for the travelling supporters. Obviously, we've had it for home and away games now. Um, and we don't really want to see it again. If they're going to take the decisions, they need to be 24 hours before, really. They don't need to be uh, on the day. You can understand it perhaps for, um, you know, waterlogged pitches and, and snow. But for other reasons, I think they should be uh, giving supporters more notice.
1: Yeah, I get that. I suppose, like you say, it is really difficult because if they are having to test players on the day of the game to be absolutely sure that they are fit to play and they're not infected, then they can't do that any earlier they can't met that you know that has to be as late as possible so do understand it um if you were the head of the Premier League dave what would you do what would be your grand theory
2: um i don't know it's not it's not an easy situation to be in i think that the the one thing they can do is improve the communication the, uh, mm. the it, they've kept it very secret in terms of what's going on i think the, if they're more open with what the processes were um perhaps fans would understand it a little bit more i think it's it is a little bit more Um, open than it was but it just seems to be sort of uh, cloak and dagger a bit sort of behind the scenes and not really keeping everyone up to speed so they need to be uh, more transparent and also better communication
1: yeah would you consider a break
2: uh, it's difficult because I think the way things are going, is it going to be any better in two or three weeks' time? I'm not, not sure it is necessarily. You're going to have – you could do – I mean, th- this is the, the old argument with the winter break, saying, well, we're not going to have games over Christmas and New Year. You do that, and then you have a cold snap afterwards, and then you lose games because of the weather. So it, it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult what to know what to do. Um, it's not an easy situation they're in, and it's going to be a, a tricky one, you would think, for the next uh, – well, Certainly for the next month, to the certainly to the end of January, would have thought. It's going to be uh, quite a few more postponements.
1: You are the absolute expert at the politicians' answer, you know, Dave. Every time I put you on the spot and tell you to tell me what you would do, you <laughs> fade it like the very best Westminster, I tell you. know, I'm never going to get an answer out of you. You just dance around it. But, hey, that's fair enough. Well, listeners, let's start this preview show sure by getting your opinion what would you do what as a fan do you want to see happen do you want a break do you want games behind closed doors do you want the whole season to be abandoned what obviously, i'm presuming well actually <laughs> the way the season's going that last one might not be that uh, controversial an option but do let us know your thoughts uh, drop us a line let us know what you think you would do to solve this debacle um and before we go on to preview what will hopefully be our boxing day fixture day we have a quiz question now before the Villa Park preview. Even though we didn't get to see any football, we did actually leave you a quiz question, which you should have answered. And that question was, in which year did Burnley last play a match on Christmas Day and which team was it against? Dave, what on earth was the answer to that one, please?
2: Uh, Well, the correct answer was 1957. And although there can't be too many of our listeners who attended that match at Turf Moor, it was against Manchester City, although... Who knows? Um, I can reveal that after a goalless first half, City's Irish winger, Fiona Fagan, better known as Paddy, uh, gave the visitors the lead. But Burnley came back from behind to win 2-1 with goals from Brian Pilkington and Albert Cheesebraith.
1: Oh, excellent. I did not get that. I guess for 1945, I think, didn't I? Uh, so I was way out. Um, so did any of our listeners get the correct answers?
2: Uh, Well, it was a tricky question, and although we did receive a few replies from our listeners, only one guessed the correct year this time, and that was regular quizzer Jan. Um, Although we're not keeping score, I think he may now have accumulated more correct answers this season than even John Robertson.
1: Even John Robertson. Well, there will be another chance to answer a quiz question at the end of this episode, so do not go anywhere, just stay tuned, but let's move on and take a look. The history of our recent Premier League games against Everton at Turf Moor, because that is indeed what we are previewing. It's the Boxing Day special, Saturday—sorry, Sunday, the twenty-sixth of December, a three PM kickoff, not televised anywhere in the UK. Dave, Premier League meetings kicks us off our history section. What have you got for us? Premier League head-to-head.
2: Yeah, well, Burnley have faced Everton in all of our previous seven Premier League seasons, and we have a good overall record in the seven matches which took place at Turf Moor. Uh, Burnley have won four of those, we've drawn one and lost two. Uh, The two defeats were by a 3 1 scoreline that was in October of 2014. And coincidentally, in a match played on Boxing Day in 2018, uh, we suffered a heavy 5-1 defeat, which we don't want to dwell on too much, other than to say it proved to be a watershed moment in Burnley's season and we had a much improved second half of the season after that and survived comfortably in the end. Uh, In terms of the wins, uh, they started off with uh, one in August 2009. Uh, We followed a 1-0 midweek home win over Manchester United, a very memorable match, with another 1-0 win over Everton on the Sunday. Uh, Wade Elliott scored the only goal against the Toffees, uh, who missed a penalty in that game as well. Um, In October 2016, a last-minute winner from Scott Arfield, who kept his cool to put away the rebound, sealed a 2-1 win. That was after Johan Berg-Gudmanson shot a comeback off the crossbar. And 2-1 was also the score in March 2018. Uh, we came from behind in that game. That was thanks to second-half goals from Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood. Uh, Ashley Williams was also sent off late in that game. Uh, and then in October 2019... Jeff Hendricks scored the only goal against 10 men Everton, who had Seamus Coleman sent off. Uh, that just leaves last season, and that match was a 1-1 draw. Uh, We've played that match behind closed doors just over a year ago on the 5th of December 2020.
1: Good stuff. On this day! Well, we now usually move on to... Well, we do move on to our On This Day fixture feature uh, fixture. Um But Boxing Day is always a very special day for football fans, and with more matches than usual to cover, we are going to split this feature into Section 2. So Dave, kick us off on this day, Part 1.
2: Yes, Part 1. Our first competitive match on the 26th of December was in 1891, although we did play a couple of friendlies on this date. Before that, uh, against Knott's Rangers... In 1885, whatever happened to them, that was a 5-0 home win. And also against a team called Halliwell in 1887... That was another home win by a 1-0 scoreline. In competitive matches played on Boxing Day, Burnley have won 26, drawn 18 and lost 44, with 106 goals for and 144 against. Uh, Some notable Burnley wins on Boxing Day from the distant past include uh, a 4-1 home win over Liverpool in 1896, uh, a 2-0 away win over Blackburn Rovers at Ewood Park in 1898, A 1-0 away win against Manchester United at Old Trafford in 1921. Uh, We had a 6-3 home win, a high-scoring game that was against Leeds United in 1925, including a first-half hat-trick from Louis Page. Uh, And then we had to wait a while for our first post-war Boxing Day victory. Although there was a 1-1 draw against uh, this weekend's opponents, we played Everton uh, at Turf Moor on Boxing Day 1950. Uh, but we did eventually rediscover our Boxing Day form at Old Trafford. That was in 1959, as goals from Ian Lawson and Jimmy Robson helped us to a 2-1 win. The following year, 1960, saw us lose 3-1 again to Everton. That was at Turf Moor. But in 1961, we were drawing 0-0 with Sheffield Wednesday at Turf Moor when Jimmy McIlroy's minute, 50th minute penalty was saved. We found our shooting boots after that going on to win 4-0, and we're also top of the first division after that game. Uh, In 1963, uh, you may recall, that's the day that always gets quoted, on which 66 goals were scored in 10 first division games. There were some ludicrous scores in there, like Fulham beat Ipswich 10-1, and the... Uh, There was an 8-2 win and a 4-4. There were just goals galore. Um, But Burnley also won on that uh, day. That's December 26, 1963. And we uh, played at Turf Moor. We beat Manchester United 6-1. Although we did lose 5-1 in the return fixture at Old Trafford two days later. Uh, In 1964, we beat Fulham 4-0 at Turf Moor. That included the Willie Irving hat-trick. Uh, In 1967, uh, we played Everton again. There's a a trend developing here. Uh, That match was at Goodison Park and unfortunately ended in a 2-0 defeat. Uh, Moving on, during the 1970s, 1980s and 1990s, Burnley played 21 times on Boxing Day, picking up six wins in those matches. Uh, A Lancashire derby against Blackpool at Bloomfield Road Bloomfield Road ended with a 2-1 Burnley win with both goals from Frank Casper. Uh, The Seasiders had two men sent off during the second half and Burnley also led the second division at that point. Uh, In 1973, we beat Liverpool 2-1 at Turf Moor. Uh, with goals from Paul Fletcher and Ray Hankin, Uh, Kevin Keegan missed a second-half penalty for the visitors. Uh, In 1978, Paul Fletcher and Peter Noble's first-half goals helped us to a 2-1 win over Blackburn Rovers. Kevin Hurd scored the visitors' goal. And in 1979, we beat Newcastle 3-2 at Turf Moor, with Billy Hamilton scoring his first goal for the club. Apparently, it inspired the chant, Hark now hear the angels sing... The Geordies ran away. Mm. Uh, We won twice on Boxing Day in the 1980s. Uh, Both were at home, 4-0 over Rochdale in 1987 and 2-1 over Carlisle United in 1989. However, we didn't win a single match on Boxing Day during the 1990s although there were three postponements as well as an abandoned match. Uh, That was against Port Vale in 1994 due to a waterlogged pitch. The referee called that match off after 76 minutes with Burnley trailing 2-1. Our last Boxing Day game of the 20th century was against Bury at Gig Lane. An early red card when Steve Davis handled on the goal line contributed to a disastrous first half. Burnley trailed 4-0. Uh, after a very red card early in the second half, evened it up to 10 v 10. Burnley pulled back two late goals, uh, but it was it was too late. Uh, the final result of 4-2 meant that it was a boxing day to forget. Mm,
1: quite definitely. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Well, as this week's Stat of the Week is also Boxing Day related, we thought we would include it here as a little interlude before we let Dave summarise what's happened in our Boxing Day games since 2000. So Dave, dig deep. Let our listeners have
2: your miscellaneous stat of the week. Yeah, well, Burnley have played more competitive matches on Boxing Day than any other day of the year. More than twice as many, in fact, as the second most popular date. There have been 88 matches in total. We've played on December the 26th. Uh, In second place is, perhaps not surprisingly, New Year's Day, January the 1st, uh, Been 42 games. Uh, 38 have been played on December 25th, which bearing in mind there hasn't been one since 1957 means that it used to be quite a popular day for uh, games to take place. Uh, And then the other two uh, in in fourth and fifth place were also December games. Uh, December 27th had 33 and December 28th had 32. Uh, The Football League's fixture computer has mostly ensured that we've stayed relatively local on Boxing Day. But the team we've played the most on the 26th of December is Liverpool, with seven. Uh, We've played six against Preston North End. Five against Blackpool and also five against Everton, with this Sunday's game, hopefully, becoming the sixth against the Toffees. However, we haven't won any of our previous five Boxing Day meetings against Everton. Home and away, uh, we drew one and we've lost four, uh, a couple of which are still to come in part two of our On This Day section.
1: Okay, well, let's delve straight into there then, please. Um, It does bring us neatly back to exactly where we left off. Um, So you need to let us know, Dave, what's happened since the year 2000 in On This Day, Part 2.
2: Yeah, between 2000 and 2009, we played eight times on Boxing Day, and during that time, our only two victories were at Turf Moor. Uh, They were against Wolves in 2002, thanks to goals from Gareth Taylor and Dean West. Uh, and then against Stoke in 2005, where the only goal was scored by Adiakim Bay against his former team. In terms of the defeats, we lost twice at Barnsley in 2000 and 2006, and also at Crewe in 2003. Barnsley were also the visitors to Turf Moor on Boxing Day in the promotion season of 2008-2009 and they came away with all three points after a 2-1 win. Uh, That just leaves two drawn games which were by a 1-1 scoreline at home to Sheffield Wednesday in 2007, and then our first Premier League Boxing Day fixture, which was another 1-1 draw against Bolton Wanderers. Little did we know then that our manager would be jumping ship to join our opponents just a couple of weeks later, taking most of the backroom staff with him. Uh, jumping forward to uh, the next decade, so we're looking now from 2010 to 2019, uh, and there was a match on the 26th of December in every year. Uh, we started off well with a trio of victories. We came from 1-0 down to beat Barnsley 2-1 at Oakwell in 2010. Uh, that was with second-half goals from John Gidetti and Andre Bike. And in 2011, we beat Doncaster Rovers 3-0 at Turf Moor, with goals from Jay Rodriguez, Martin Patterson and a Sam Hurd own goal after he turned Kieran Trippier's cross into his own net. At uh, 2012, saw so another home win, this time against Derby County. Charlie Austin and Michael Duff scored the goals on that occasion. Uh, three wins were followed by three defeats. Uh, we lost 1-0 to Middlesbrough at the Riverside in 2013 and were unfortunate to lose by the same score in the Premier League against Liverpool at Turf Moor in 2014, with Raheem Sterling scoring for the Reds. Uh, the 3-0 defeat against Hull City on a stormy Boxing Day in 2015 was a turning point in that season. Ben Mee was moved from left-back to central defence after that, and we went 23 matches unbeaten. Uh, all of the remaining games were in the Premier League. Middlesbrough were the visitors to Turf Moor on Boxing Day 2016, and that match finishes a 1-0 home win with Andre Gray scoring an 80th-minute winner. Boxing Day 2017 was the, an anniversary coming up, the last time Burnley scored a goal direct from a free kick. Uh, that was a worldie from Stephen DeFore, which gave us a 2-0 first-half lead. Uh, sadly, that finished 2-2, with United scoring twice through Jesse Lingard, including an injury-time equaliser. Uh, and our two most recent Boxing Day fixers were both against Everton, as well as the 5-1 defeat at Turf Moor in 2018, which we've already mentioned earlier in the show. We also lost 1-0 at Goodison Park in 2019. Uh, we should say at this point that friend of the show Phil Bird wrote the Burnley SC on this day book a couple of years ago, which is still available. So if you never got around to getting hold of it, we would very much recommend it.
1: We very much do. Goodness me, that was that was some recap, Dave. Have you been out in the last two weeks? Or have you just been researching Boxing air matches for every hour God sends? That was comprehensive.
2: all eighty-eight of them. Yeah. So so it's uh, it's quite time consuming. That.
1: Yes. Love it. Love it. Well. Let's move on because I am. I'm, I'm. Goodness me, we, we all need. Uh, we all need a break from that wonderful section. Let's move into the present, please. And there is no time like the present. Um, so we are going to uh, look at our scouting report. Now, we provided you with a more detailed scouting report for our first match against Everton this season, which was obviously the reverse fixture at Goodison Park in September. So this time, we're just going to look at the current situation with illness, injury and suspensions, as well as highlighting our opponent's most consistent performers for the season to date. Once we get into the new year, we'll also use this section to mention any signings during the transfer- January transfer window. So, off you go, Dave. Scouting Report!
2: Yeah, uh, Damari Gray is Everton's top scorer in Premier League games with five so far, and he's also their highest FPL point scorer with 66. Uh, Despite some criticism from some quarters at the time, he's proving to be excellent value for the bargain price of £1.7 million they paid for him during the summer. Uh, Other Everton players who've passed the 50 FPL points mark already this season Include Andrus Townsend with 60, um, Abdoulaye decoré with 57, former Claret Michael Keane with 55, and goalkeeper Jordan Pickford, who has 50. Uh, Everton's form is poor going into this game, and they also have a long list of players who are ruled out or doubtful due to ill injury or illness, which was uh, brought up by Rafa Benitez in the... Uh, uh, the, the press conference, the pre-match press conference that uh, that went out, and it does bring into question if this match may be a doubt, especially if there were to be a couple more uh, positive COVID cases between now and uh, and Sunday. Uh, the players who are definitely out include uh, Richarlison, uh, Solomon Rondon, Yerimina and Andrus Townsend. The likes of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Tom Davies and Luca Dinia may possibly be in contention to be involved on Sunday, although there are doubts over Damari Gray and Fabian Delph. Uh, Provided the match does go ahead, it may be a good time to face Everton.
1: Mm, Definitely. Well, you've heard what we think about our visitors this weekend, but for balance, we're hoping to have the thoughts of an opposition view um, to let us know what they think ahead of their game. Opposition View. Merry
0: Christmas Clarets fans, it's Ian here again, resident Evertonian, to help provide some blue bias to our Boxing Day clash. Back in September, under the lights, we ended up fairly convincing 3-1 winners after conceding a goal to you early on. But how are we going to fare this time? With your last two matches called off just hours before the games because of opposition COVID cases, firstly, let's just say we hope that the match survives any such cancellation. But with Everton this season, it's less about COVID cases stopping play and more about injuries. With our current list of six first-team players injured, a silver lining though for us, one of those players is Salomon Rondon. But with two of our top three goal scorers, in Richarlison and Andros Townsend both out, it's certainly going to be a tough match for us. But there is some good news though for Everton fans. Dominic calvert lewin who has been absent from the first team squad due to a muscle injury since August, is possibly back, which with our current lack of available goal scorers, could not be at a better time. That said, I can't imagine he's really match fit, and Rafa has already expressed concern that he'll have to play longer than ideal, as we haven't got much choice with our current lack of squad, which worries me that he may end up getting injured again and have to fall back on his modelling job. As for the rest of the Everton squad, do keep an eye on our 19-year-old defender, Jared Braithwaite, who scored the equaliser against Chelsea in midweek, which was his first start for the club. From what I've watched, Burnley have played well this season and you're unfairly really in the bottom three, be it with two games in hand, and the possible return of your top goal scorer Maxwell Cornet from injury, who I should add up until now has been doing excellent work in my fantasy football team, will certainly cause our defence serious trouble and be a great plus for you. But what's the score going to be? It has to be seen as a must win for both teams where a draw just won't do and I don't think we'll see another high scoring match as we did in September. It'll be a close and scrappy game with either side able to steal it Naturally, though, I'm still going to go with Everton and a 1-0 win with another screamer from our signing of the year, Damari Gray.
1: Okay, referee Dave, who's going to be the man in the middle?
2: Uh, We've got Anthony Taylor of Withenshaw. He's been appointed to take charge of the match at Turf Moor on Sunday uh, between 2008 and 2011. He refereed four Burnley matches there in the championship and we won three and drew one of these. Uh, But since then, he's taken charge of 18 of our Premier League matches and we've only won three of those, drawing five and losing ten. And He was also the referee for two past matches between Burnley and Everton. In 2019, he took charge when Everton were narrow 1-0 winners at Goodison Park on the Boxing Day match we mentioned earlier. And he was also the referee for the 1-1 draw between the two teams at Turf Moor at the start of December 2020. Uh, Anthony Taylor has refereed one of our matches earlier this season. That was our home game against Arsenal, which the Gunners won 1-0. And finally for this section, John Brooks will be the video assistant referee. He was in the middle for our 0-0 draw against Wolves at Molyneux at the start of December, but will be able to stay warm in front of the screens at Stockley Park this weekend.
1: Mm -hmm, Definitely. So how are you feeling about the game then, Dave, before we start? I mean, obviously, you've already mentioned in the build-up to, to this particular section that Everton are massively out of form at the moment. I don't think Everton fans have particularly taken to Benitez. And Burnley, on the flip side, whilst we're not exactly you know, setting the Premier League alight, we have only lost once in the last five games. So, on paper, it certainly looks like a game that we should be looking to get maximum points from.
2: Uh, yeah, well, provided the game does go ahead, we know they've got their um, problems with injury and illness, so it could be a, a good time to play them from that point of view. Although sometimes, you know, you do get sort of a, a Dunkirk spirit with uh, teams if, if they're up against it, and that yeah. can kind of work in their favour. So you, it's a bit like if you go down to have a man sent off, go down to 10 men, it's not always that easy to play against. So um, I don't know. I I think it's probably a good time to play them. They're they're on a a poor run. They had a decent start to the season. Um, Benitez had a a decent start, um, but then it's kind of gone a bit downhill after that. Um, And, yeah, they're up against it a little bit. And you could tell by his body language in his uh, press conference that perhaps confidence isn't too high there. might be a a good time to play them and and get all three points because, you know, we do need wins, don't we?
1: Yeah, we definitely do. Can we win without Corny in the squad, though? That's the, that's the key question.
2: Uh, well, it's not definitely ruled out, is he? I think he's... They um, he, he said that his injury had um, coincided with um, a, a, co- a positive COVID test, but um, he is back in the building. But, um, yeah, he's, he's probably going to be a doubt to, to start the game. Um, and we know we're going to lose him fairly soon as well. He's been selected uh, this week in the uh, Ivory Coast squad for the uh, African Cup of Nations as well. So we're not going to have him for too long before he's uh, gone away with that as well. So might possibly be uh, a player to have on the bench and make an impact late in the game.
1: Yeah, it's just is just we just look so flat without him. It's just so frustrating how we can just be one man side at the moment. It's driving me insane. And this is a position we just shouldn't have been in. Um, in terms of strikers, then who is your preferred option up front? Do you go Jay and Woody again?
2: I think probably, yeah. I think that's probably going to be the way we we go. You've obviously got uh, Matty Vidra uh, to come on as a as an option. Ashley Barnes isn't going to be uh, in about things for uh, for a little while yet. So yeah, that that does seem to be the way to go. Yeah,
1: good stuff.
2: You're going to give me a score prediction, please, Dave. I think we're going to win two
1: nil. Ah, I was going to say two 0 as well. Who have you got as your scorers? Um,
2: uh, Chris Wood and a Ben Mee header.
1: Oh, Dave! The Grinch that stole Bromley's predictions! <laughs> My goodness. Well, listeners, I'm not even going to... I'm not going to rise to it, listeners. You know the drill. We want to know what your predictions are. Is it going to be a Burnley win, a draw or a lose? What's the score going to be? And who are going to be the scorers? You can tweet us at no, no, Never. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page. Or you can email us at PreviewShow at not a never dot net. Blatantly, no, we forgot our email address then, Dave. That has been the Christmas Sheriff kicking in. Uh, but no, do seriously, listeners, do let us know what you think the scores will be. Fantasy Premier League update. And moving on, we have got, goodness me, despite a ridiculous number of postponed matches in game week 17 and 18. The Fantasy Premier League, Dave, did go ahead regardless. So something happened. Um, so we need to bring our listeners up to date, please, with what happened in those two game weeks, please, including the Nun and Never League. Um, what's going on the last two rounds of matches?
2: Uh, well, yeah, as you mentioned, it's been a rather tricky month so far for our FPL managers, with last-minute postponements making it very difficult to take account of which players are available. And I guess quite a lot of managers have ended up with teams with Nine, eight, seven, six uh, players in there. So it's been, been difficult for everyone. Uh, but we have to all get on with it, and it's a level playing field same for everyone. Uh, with that in mind, here's our current top five uh, with a little bit of movement in there. We have a non-mover, though, at uh, fifth place. That's Jack Toner. Uh, going down uh, to fourth position is Jacob Sapwell. Uh, Deck Clark is up to third, and then we've got non-movers one and two. In second place is Luke Lambert, and our leader still, although the gap has been cut now to just uh, 11 points, uh, is Joe Elliott still in first place.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Um, What about the race for December's Manager of the Month
2: then? Yeah, well, that's also been affected by the volume of uh, COVID postponements, but three managers who've dealt best with the challenges so far are... Uh, In third place, we've got uh, on 255 for the month. And it's interesting because the three... Uh, top managers for December aren't in the top five, so it, it is different managers yeah. coming through. It's showing that there there are uh, there is movement in there below the top places. Mm. Uh, we've got Paul Thomas in third place on 2.55. We've got Josh Bond in second on 2.57, and the current leader for uh, December so far is Chris Horner with 2.61. Now, he finished runner-up, I think. He was second in the November manager of the month, so he's having a good uh, good couple of months, and currently is leading the way for December.
1: Do we have an update on what's happening with the Nona Never Mini League?
2: Uh, No, I left that out because the positions are all as they were, so there's nothing too interesting yet to report on that.
1: Okay, I I like the sound of that. So what about an update from the Team of the Week then? Uh, yeah, well, In
2: the most recent round of matches from last weekend, uh, these were the top players. Now, obviously, as we know, there were a limited number of games with quite a lot of postponements. I think there were five matches off on the Saturday, weren't there, and at least one on the Sunday. Um, so it actually wasn't possible for any manager to select this exact team as it included five Manchester City players and the limit from any one team is 3 uh, anyway for game week 18 these 11 players would have scored 113 points between them uh, and they were in a 4-5-1 formation we had a uh, in goal sar of wolves Uh, We had three Manchester City defenders out of the five. We had Cancelo, Diaz and Zinchenko. Uh, They were joined by uh, Alonso of Chelsea and uh, Andy Robertson of Liverpool. Uh, And then in midfield, we had two more Manchester City players, uh, Mares and Sterling, and joined by two Arsenal players, Martinelli and Odegaard. And then up front on his own was Harry Kane. Only got six points, but he was the highest scoring striker in game week 18.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Um, there's been some announcement this week, hasn't there? There's been some news that might affect our
2: managers? Uh, yeah, just a concession, really, from the uh, from the FPL. They've announced uh, that managers now will receive an extra free hit chip. Uh, in the past, uh, you could only use this once each, she- uh, each season, uh, but now you've actually got two. So if you've used one already, you've got another one you can use, or if you haven't used one, you've got two in the bank effectively to use. The only extra stipulation with that is that you can't use it uh, in consecutive game weeks. If you use it in in this coming weekend, you couldn't use it again for the following weekend. So you've got to have at least a gap in between. And I'm sure, Natalie, you can explain to our listeners what the free hit chip is, can't you?
1: Uh, As always, listeners, we will do our best to bring you the FPL updates and our preview shows for the remainder of the festive period and into the new year, but there may be some time so we have to carry over an update until the next episode, just because goodness knows what is going on at the moment. So just stay tuned with us and we will do our very best. Statman Dave's quiz question. Uh, Dave, let's leave our listeners with a quiz question, please. Uh, Yeah,
2: we have a quiz question again this week and it's in keeping with the Boxing Day theme uh, and is as follows. Which two players... Are Burnley's joint top scorers in past matches played on Boxing Day? So that's on the 26th of December.
1: Oh, that is a good question. How do our listeners submit their answer, correct or otherwise?
2: Uh, Well, you can get in touch with us to let us know the answer using any of these methods. You can tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at Nonanever. You can email us, previewshow at no-never.net. Or you can also leave a reply to the post for the preview show on either the No Name Ever Facebook page or on YouTube.
1: Excellent. And we will reveal those players' names and anyone who got in touch to tell us the right answers at the start of our next episode, which should hopefully be for our visit to play Manchester United at Old Trafford between Christmas and New Year. So before we bring this episode to a close, Dave, do we have any community news?
2: Uh, just to mention the Burnley FC in the Community Kitchens collection for the Food Bank. Uh, that's back on this Sunday. Donations will be accepted between one thirty and 2.40. And the collection points will be, uh, there'll be one by the club shop, another by the cricket ground entrance, and also one uh, near to the away supporters entrance on Harry Potts Way. So if you can, please give generously by, remem- by remembering to bring a tin for the bin
1: for the bin absolutely well that is all we have time for for this very special festive episode of the preview show my thanks as to my thanks as ever to everyone who helped make this happen to our opposition, for giving their opposition view, to Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker, for his specially recorded preview show announcements, to produce a match who continues to work like an absolute demon to get all of these out. And last but no means least, our Dave Roberts, Dave Statman Roberts, for all of the hard work, particularly on that section today that seemed to be um, an absolute mammoth to go through the boxing day matches. Um, Dave, thank you very much for getting that out for us. Um, and to you, the listeners, for downloading and listening to this episode, your support is very much appreciated, and we would not be here without you. Um, goodness knows when we will be back with you, listeners. Just stick with us, play it by ear. We've all got to just fly by the seat of our pants at the moment because um, we just don't know what's going on. So we will get you some kind of preview show. We'll get you some kind of podcast whenever we can. But in the meantime, from myself and everybody at Team None and Ever, Merry Christmas and our best wishes for a healthy and prosperous new year. Um, 2021 has been another crazy one. Goodness me, we don't know what's been going on here, but it has been an absolute pleasure uh, being part of your lives. So take some time out in the next couple of days to... Um, have some time with your families and your friends and relax and enjoy the festive period. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Nona Never podcast. Until next time.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen by fans.